0: You know, we're in this sermon series, If God Only Knew, Part 5, and I really arranged this message to be faced this way. Where did they go? I'm talking about like the seniors just busted out of here. What? Okay. All right. I'll get back this way. Welcome to those of you online. Kelly, I told you I'd do a shout out to you this morning. There it is. All right. All right. Uh, we uh, hopefully will do that message you want to do in front of the stream one day, fishing. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Lord, open our eyes that we may see today, open our hearts that we may receive, open our ears that we can hear, Father, because what you teach to us today is going to be so valuable, not just for this day, but for our tomorrows. Lord, as we ask the question and oftentimes make the statement, if you only knew God, Father, remind us that not only do you know, but Father, there are so many things that you have designed that we can't see, that as we enter in, we enter in through faith, and you align our steps for today and for our tomorrows, because you do know. So Lord, grow us up and grow us out. Father, may the seniors hear this word today, but Lord, I also pray that each one of us will hear your word and the importance of stewardship and servanthood in this world. In Jesus name. Amen. So as we've been going through this sermon series, if you've not been a part of us in this sermon series, or you need to be caught up or brought up to speed, go online, look us up online and listen to these messages. These messages are very important to me. I think they're important for our church. I think they're important for this country. I believe they are messages that are important for this world. They just simply come from God's word. They're simplistic, but uh, they are messages that I believe truly are the voice of God ringing true and reminding us not only who he is, but the story that he continues to write in his goodness, in his mercy, in his plans for us. You know, sometimes we only see the good in our dreams. Uh, this is what happened When we talk about Joseph, he just saw these two dreams and in those two dreams, these great things that were going to happen. He didn't know he was going to have to, have to go down to some places. He didn't realize that he was going to be thrown down into a cistern before this dream came to pass. He didn't know that this gap between the time he had the dream to the time the dream would be fulfilled would be 13 years. He didn't realize the journey this dream was going to take him upon and and the perseverance he was going to need in order to continue with this dream. This is how many of us are in our own lives. God has given us a vision. Look, for those of you who are seniors, I'm going to be coming at you today. Uh, I'm talking about seniors like me and my white hair and seniors, those of you who are uh, graduating and moving on to the purposes that God has called you and the plan that God has called you to accomplish in your life. Look, there are going to be ups and downs. You know this. You've lived enough life to at least know that. Let me say something about the downs in life first. Don't look down. I talked about this last week. Too many people get stuck when they're up high and they look down. They become afraid. They're afraid of heights. Many of you are fearful of heights. You don't want to get on top. And the reason you don't want to get on top are because of the possibilities that lie on the bottom. You understand that the gravitational constant is 9.86 meters per second squared, meaning that when you hit, you hit hard. Right? And the heavier you weigh, the louder you go splat. Joseph had to keep his eyes on God and the gr- dream that was given to him. Instead of looking down, he needed to look out. He needed to remember who was standing, who gave him that dream. This is why the author of Hebrews says, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. So important that we Understand that when we look down, those are fears that are of man. Those are fears oftentimes of the world. Those are fears that that the enemy tries to place in our hearts so that our dream is not accomplished in this life. Don't look down. Understand that life is a journey. Now, you're just getting started, seniors. Some of us are three-quarter through the race. It's a journey. The journey of life should have us far more excited than the obstacles in life. The journey of life must have us more excited than the obstacles of life. No matter who you are today, let that ring true in your life today. This life is a journey. It's an excitable time. It's an exciting time. Even though Joseph was taken down to Egypt, he saw some really cool things. Joseph was about to be sold into slavery, but he still, his eyes were seeing the journey, what was ahead of him. Egypt was the center of the universe for these people. The pyramids, we talked about that last week. We talked about this thing known as the obelisk at Heliopolis, or as Eloise likes to call it, the Heliopolis of Snuffleupagus. It's the obelisk at Heliopolis. Anyway, it was a great tower that represented who Egypt was. And it was really, at that time and that day, it was far more advanced than any other civilization. And so even though Joseph was going down as a slave, the journey still would have excited him. the II and the third would be the pharaohs during the time they even had, would name a couple of these pyramids after them. And then you'll find out that through Joseph's service and willingness to be a servant in life, he would prosper. In Genesis 38, six, this is where we were last week. It says, so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. So Potiphar, who is the military hero, if you will, he is the one that's over everything in the kingdom next to Pharaoh, he, he's so important. He protects even the gold of Pharaoh. I mean, he, he is the most important man, second to Pharaoh. Now, here's what happens. His name is Potiphar, and, and Potiphar recognizes something that's on this young man named Joseph. He's got an appeal for life. He's got a zeal for life. He glows a little brighter than everyone else. There's something that sets him apart. And we need to see what this is today. As a matter of fact, the scripture goes on to say this, and I love this. He says, the only thing that he concerned himself, if he concerned himself with anything, was the food that he ate. So Joseph took such care of Potiphar's things that Potiphar only worried about what he was going to eat. He only worried about what was on the menu for the day. That's a good place to be. That's a responsible young man. And it was all turned over to him. It was recognizable. Look, we're all this way. If you have a great waitress, you notice or a waiter, you notice. If someone who cuts your hair does it right and does a good job, like mine did this past week, you know what I told mine this week? I didn't see you at church last week or the week before. You know who you are and you're probably out there this morning. I love you. You do a great job on my hair. Okay. Thank you. But you notice those things, right? This is going to become a theme with Joseph. Jesus stated, The greatest among you will be the servant of all. So if you please stand for the reading of the scripture this morning, it's short and it's going to get your attention very quickly. Genesis 39, verse 6. Here we go. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. Mm -hmm. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. You may be seated. Seniors, there's a lot of things in this life that are going to try to seduce you and take you from the dream that God gave you. That's just the truth. Life on the journey comes with a lot of obstacles. Comes with a lot of obstacles. Temptation comes for us all. As some of you had to read the Odyssey, right? Homer, who names it? Anyway, the Odyssey. And what happens in the Odyssey? You find out that some sirens show up. And these sirens, what, what is their sole purpose? I mean, they're winged, angelic women beings. They catch your attention. They're beautiful. And they had one purpose, and that was simply to distract the sailors from accomplishing their mission and hopefully destroy them. It's the same thing that's going on here with Potiphar's wife. Oh, let me tell you what you could have. Let me show you what you could do. Do you know that you're young, you're handsome, you're strong? And did you know that I stand right here all alone? You see, temptation comes for us all. Let me say this. You don't have to stop what you don't start. Now, this is something that my son will quote this over and over and over because it's something that I tried to teach him in his life and teach my children in their lives. Look, if you never start it, you never have to stop it. That's just the way it works, and temptation works this way. Our world today would say, you're the scars to my beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the world might say my bad habits lead to wide eyes that stare into space. And I know I'll lose control of the things that I say. Yeah, I was looking for a way out. Now I can't escape. Nothing happens after two. It's true. It's true. My bad habits. Come on. Say it. My bad habits lead to you. Y'all don't listen to Ed Sheeran. None of y'all know what I just read. You're all afraid to say it. My bad, no, I didn't write that. (laughs) What's he saying? My bad habits lead to you. Seniors, you are in your prime. Joseph was in his prime. He could do as he wished and nothing would have been said. He could have had his secret sin, his scarlet sin, if you will, behind closed doors. Let me tell you something. Potiphar's wife could have never mentioned what she had done. If that got out, as a matter of fact, I believe part of the reason the story is read the way that it's read and told the way that it's told, which it is true, it literally happened, is simply because, and and she called, she cried wolf, so to speak on this. And the reason why is because if it were found out that she tried to seduce someone, she would have lost her life. You don't think this man could have had any wife, any woman that he wanted? He could. And so here she is, and and she's gonna have to have to make up a story about what happened. But for him, his character, Joseph's character and integrity were more important to him than having a secret sin. The world will attempt you to be less than what you are. It's going to tempt you to be less than what your calling is. If I were to tell you this morning, all you seniors, if I if I were to tell you this morning for your graduation gift. This is what I'm going to give you, the car of your choice. But it comes with one condition. Yeah, I already got a smile. It comes with one condition. The condition is it's the only one you're going to get for your lifetime. You'll never get another vehicle. So do you, are you going to go for looks? Are you going to go for speed? Are you going to go for longevity? Are you going to go for the Hummer? Are you going to go for the Porsche? Are you going to go for the three-quarter ton four-wheel drive extended cab 6.7 liter? I don't know. You probably have an idea about what you would choose, but you're only going to get one for an entire lifetime. Let me tell you what you're going to do with that car or that vehicle when you get it. You're going to change the oil every 3,000 miles. You're going to wash this thing. You're going to wax this thing. You're going to make sure it's parked in the garage because it's the only one that you're getting. Now, listen to me, seniors. That body of yours is the only one you're going to get for a lifetime. That's it. You only get one. You only get one. And what you do with it, makes all the difference. So take care of yourself because obviously Joseph was taking care of himself. You see, you don't have to stop what you don't start. Bad habits can become addictions. Joseph was tested, but he but he not only passed the test, he would be blessed because he passed the test in his life. In verse eight, the scripture reads on, but he refused He refused with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except for you, speaking of Potiphar's wife, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. This is why 1 Corinthians ten thirteen says what it does. No temptation has overtaken man, but that which is common to man. And God is faithful. And with that temptation will provide a way of escape. It, you know, when we remove ourselves from the temptation, the temptation should cease. It doesn't always cease. It still shows up sometimes. Maybe it's yelling around the bedroom door. And that's probably where she was at this time. But he refused to be seduced by her. You know, when you stand for your beliefs in your dream, God has given you beliefs. He's given you a dream. We've heard about those seniors. And when you stand for those, sometimes there's going to be some torment. Sometimes people are going to make fun of you. Sometimes criticism is going to come your way. That just comes with taking a stand for anything. But here, Joseph took a stand for his God. He said, I will not sin against God. And that's so important to him. He had roots and you too have roots roots that are deep that have been sown into you over the years. And with this, Joseph would be falsely accused. And not only would he be falsely accused to the point of not doing his job correctly, he would be falsely accused to the point that he would lose his job. The seniors, church members, people who are just listening. Let me tell you something. Life's not fair. It's not equal. And there's going to be false accusations that come. It just happens. We, we make up assumptions that lead us to a place of accusations that are simply not true. We have to learn to live beyond those. I once had a very wise pastor tell me, he said, Curtis, sometimes you have to live long enough in order to outlive the sins you did when you were young in the people's eyes and I was like man that's gonna be a long life for me I'm gonna tell you right now that's some good some good wisdom there that's what happens here he's not done anything wrong necessarily not at all but he's gonna be accused of doing something wrong for most of us we would be furious and we might quit our dream but he doesn't he trusts the Lord he's not a victim It happens. One day, he went over to Potiphar's house to manage his responsibilities. And once again, Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. He says, I will not do this to my master, nor will I sin against my God. And in verse 16, it says, she kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story, that Hebrew slave you you brought us, he came to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and he ran out of the house. And when his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. And he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Don't quit your dream because life's not fair, church, or church seniors. Don't quit your dream because life's not fair. It's never going to be fair. It's never going to be equal. You've got to stay walking with your Lord, because life is simply a journey. You know, you are, let me, let me say this, who you are is more important than what you do. You grew up hearing this question, what are you going to be when you grow up? But who you are is more important than what you do. And it always will be that. Who you are is more important than what you do it's good to have a dream it's good to think of being a professional it's good to know that this is where i'm supposed to go and but but let me tell you something we ought to be asking and bringing our kids up this question who are you going to be when you grow up it's so important because if you haven't been told there's an there's already an a, a god and you're not him This is for, there's already a God and you're not him. What does that have to do with anything? It has everything to do with everything. The best thing you can do is be you. Don't be anyone else either because they're already taken. Look, Joseph knew to some extent from the dream what he was going to be, but it would be first determined through who he was, a man of integrity, a man who walked with the Lord. It wasn't as much his ability as it was his inability. His inability to be seduced by the world. His inability to, to hear the voice of the devil and, and not follow him. He didn't have the ability because he walked with his Lord because he had protection in his life. It was through his inability to be seduced in the seductive ways and influenced into something less than what God had already called him for. It will be the same for you. Joseph's identity wasn't in his position. His identity was always in his God. The scripture states this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That's why I started with this statement. There is already a God and you're not him. Because the earth is the Lord and everything's in it. This is what that tells me. That if everything belongs to the Lord, including me, then what am I? I'm simply a steward. That's it. I'm a steward of the life that he's given me. And you are too. So Joseph focused on his relationship with the Lord. He knew who he was through his inability to be influenced by the world. He became great. He's gone from his family wanting to kill him down to a cistern, down to Egypt, reduced to a slave, now taken down into prison. If anyone could have made the statement, God, if you only knew, Joseph could have made this statement, but he didn't. Instead, he held on to his God-given dream. He knew The who, even though he knew the what. And he decided, I'm going to remain true to who I am before I do what I'm called to do in this life. If you know what you want to be, that's great. But even greater than the what is the who. So steward well. The whole of the story of Joseph could be summed up in one word, stewardship. Government is another name for stewarding appropriately. Now, our government's not doing great, but let's go on. Self-government has the ability to set you apart from others. Self-government is simply this. It's disciplining yourselves. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily discipline is of little profit, but godliness is profitable in all things because it holds the the promise for the present life and also the life to come. That's self-governing. And that will bring you to a place in your life where you are promoted. I'm telling you, it works. Learning how to steward ourselves so that we can govern what God places in our hands. If God owns everything, then we own nothing. We simply steward what he gives us. From our bodies, these vessels, to the very jobs that we'll hold one day, the things that we have, the people we govern. Joseph stewarded his family's wealth appropriately. And he would govern them in a day to come. Joseph stewarded also Potiphar's wealth. He would one day steward Pharaoh's wealth. He could self-govern so he could be trusted in this life to govern much. The way we say it here is how? Faithful in the little? You can be faithful or entrusted with a lot. And that's exactly what happens. Look, what we do with our talents matters. Our gifts matters. Because we're only here for a season. I know when you're young, you think, man, I got life. It's all out here. You get a little older and then a little bit older, and you go, Whoa, what happened? Did we steward well? You see, what we do with it and, and what, we, what we are given in life and how we steward that matters. There will come a time when you're my age or hopefully before when you realize that, the, that you are simply the product of the choices you made. Good choices, good decisions will reap a great product later. Faithful in the little, you can be trusted to be faithful with a lot. When you're responsible with a seed, the fruit will come. So get a game plan with what you have been given. No doubt, sometimes the game plan must adapt to reality. Life changes, but listen to me, seniors, life will change. But God never does. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So learn to serve. Last point, we're going to wrap this up. You are about to spill out into the world. So here's the question I ask every senior class. What does the world get when it gets you? What does the world get when it gets you? Because it's a question. Does it get an asset or a liability? Does it get a victim or does it get a victor? See, God will give you favor in this world if you will learn this one value of God. This is for all of us. Jesus stated, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. A bullet doesn't change a heart. A bullet stops a heart. I've got a statement that I ran by Allison and it's too risky for me to say, so I'm not going to say it. I ran it by her yesterday. I've got several of those. May come up later. Lord, hold my tongue. Help me to steward it well. But look at what happens to Joseph. The scripture says, but while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all the things held in prison. Does that not sound familiar? And then watch this. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. So not only is he responsible over all the prisoners, he's responsible for everything that's done there. Now watch the warden. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. He just simply, even in the prison, even when he was confined to a small space, he still would wind up leading the whole thing. That's God's anointing. That's someone who walks with the Lord. And you'll find this out in life, seniors. You will. It's not those who speak the loudest who get the most respect. It's those who serve the best. Joseph served wherever he was. He didn't feel entitled he didn't think life was unfair. He simply served, and through that ability to serve and steward well, he rose to the top. If you were like this series and how it started off today, and this is for all of us, church, because this is how I started this series off. If God only knew how empty I am, if God only knew how desperate I've become, if God only knew that I want to be heard and no one is listening to me, or I want to be seen and no one sees me, if God only knew, listen, God does. And he still gives the command, no matter where you are in life, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. God knows. And he gives us a simple, a simple solution to the symptom that we have. Serve. Serve. How about get the spotlight off you and put it on someone else? How about help someone else become the champion that they've been called to be in this life. Because in doing that, what happens is they now have the ability to learn to hear God for themselves and have the dream that God places in their heart and the ability now to see that come to pass. That's how his kingdom comes to earth. His will is done. So what does the world get when it gets you? With Joseph, it got a great steward. It got a great servant. And I'm sure many would stand in front of him when he sat on his throne next to Pharaoh and say, I'm going to be just like you someday. But they don't understand the stairs that he's gone down, the stairs that he's come up in order to have the position that he currently has. You see, if they knew how unfair life had treated him, but Joseph would have the opportunity to say, let me tell you how I got where I am. I was in a cistern, but I didn't quit. My family, enslaved me, and then sold me into slavery, and I was sent down to Egypt by the Assyrians. I didn't quit. I, I I was thrown into prison. I didn't quit. I'm going to tell you how I got where I am is because I simply stewarded and served well and walked humbly before my God. There is the solution to the symptoms. If you would please stand, I'm going to ask the altar team to make their way forward this morning. And as the altar team makes their way forward this morning, we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. Those of you that are with us online are welcome to call that number or text that number. I'm sorry. Email. Get on there and do that thing. Somebody will pray with you. And, and we want to encourage you. Church, we have a lot to steward. You see the lives that have come up through this church. We have a lot to steward. We have a lot to serve. So go and be the greatest. And we want to encourage you, if you would like to receive prayer today, come forward and receive prayer because that allows our gift to manifest and impart to you and water the dream that God, the seed that God has placed in you. Lord, thank you for this, your church. Thank you for these, your seniors. May they go out, Lord, and reset this world. Turn it back to you through their willingness to steward and serve. In Jesus' name, amen.